Welcome to this podcast episode. And today's topic is a continuation of me entering into the land, motherland of Vietnam. So last episode, I truthfully didn't even get into fully the first impressions (laughs) on um, entering Vietnam and actually more so I was sharing like the very deep things that was processing through my mind once I entered but now I'm going to try and go more so into um, out of the mind and more so into the reality of like the actual stories of me entering Vietnam. So if you're new here, which of course you would be, this is a new podcast. (laughs) I'm just having bits of fun here. Um, So welcome, welcome. Um, This is my new podcast. Um, I'm just having fun with it. So if you enjoy my ramblings of lots of randomness of culture, uh, travel, uh, and all of that, um, culture, blah, 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 ah, yeah, you know, I'm not quite sure what my niche is here yet, but, you know, I'm just here, and so let's talk about what it was like when I came to Vietnam, so I guess I've been here, like, uh, maybe three weeks, and So it already feels like a lifetime away ago when I first arrived um, because time has felt so extremely um, out of this world since I've entered um, because I've been letting myself feel everything um, in a much different way than I normally let myself feel emotions. Um, And actually in the past two months I've let myself be extremely creative. Um, And I think that would be why maybe time feels different. So, okay, I'm going to try and keep this a bit more grounded, though, here. But maybe it won't be. Maybe it won't be. Maybe I'll um, go about it in a different way. I'm unsure. But when I first arrived, I arrived in Saigon. Okay, Saigon da Langkwa. And, (laughs) yeah, it's true, man. It's a bit painful. Actually, it's painful. This is what I think of when I think of Saigon. Um, And maybe it's because I'm coming in with a preconceived idea of what the country's like. I know a lot about the history um, of the country. I mean, of Saigon. Um, I don't know that much history in general of the entire Vietnam. Do I want to know all of it? I don't know. I'll just learn it as it comes, but... My dad is from there. So when I touched soil, the emotions that I was feeling were not my own emotions. And why am I sharing this with you? I'm sharing this with you because I understand that some people, they don't have this ability to be this empathetic um, and to feel other people's emotions that deeply. But some of these emotions, of course, were my own when I first stepped foot, you know. But actually, most of these emotions I was feeling were my father's. And I'm very, very connected to him, um, more so than I guess he would be aware of, okay? 
but I'm like his special, you know, I'm his blessing, like I'm his daughter, I'm his angel, I'm his, yeah, like his treasure that he's so extremely proud of, um, and I feel that, I feel that in him, he, yeah, we're very connected, I was very much so my father's daughter, um, I love doing everything with him. Um, I looked up to him a lot. And people are people um, that come with past experiences. Um, I don't know how to articulate this because it's quite difficult. But a bond between a father and a daughter can be very deep in some instances. And I would say it's very deep within my relationship with him. Um, But at the same time, it is also distant. So it's complex. But that is life, right? To be complex. So what I mean here... So I can have visions, I can have insights, and I can feel people's emotions as if they are mine. So no, he wasn't with me, but I could feel that he was with me energetically when I was arriving. And I was understanding a lot more about him, even though I was just, you know, just stepping foot, that's all, that's all. Um, It's not like I was... I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm just very intuitive, so I was able to understand a lot of things essentially just as soon as I stepped foot. So when I was in the airport, okay, these are the things that were going through my head fastly, like doom, 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 so fast when I just first arrived. And I was feeling also so extremely drained. I slept so heavy on that flight. The flight was like an hour and a half. I, I fell asleep even before the plane took off. Also, I hadn't slept because it was like full moon energy. Um, I was so extremely nervous and excited to come to Vietnam for the first time in my life as a half Vietnamese, never been here, completely unaware and unknown, going into unknown of what it's going to be like. Um, And also, like, I didn't want to get my hopes up either, Um, you know, like not having expectations even though I've pondered what this country will be like for a big chunk of my life um so I was trying to help ground myself and man it is hard so I ended up just sleeping I slept um and I slept so so hard wow like yeah and when I looked out the window and I realized I'm in Vietnam I was like oh my gosh am I ready Am I ready? Am I ready for this? Like, am I ready for this? Um, ready or not, because guess what? I'm here. Um, so I looked out the window, did a big deep breath, and I don't know, like, emotions um, are deeply felt with me, but most people cannot grasp that I put on a very cool collected type of uh, mask that's a good word and even when I started to walk through the airport I needed to take some moments to ground myself 
and I'm glad that I've learned the um, art of Dian <laughs> meditation. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and yeah, I needed to slap some water on my face and like get with it because Liz, like. You have to enjoy this moment. Don't get lost in the darkness. Don't get lost and forgetful of what it means to be the light. Um, you can, of course, feel these emotions, but just be aware that these things that are coming about through your mind are not even emotions of yours. Um, so I'm glad, actually, that the timing of all of this worked out how it did because I feel I was very... Um, grounded in myself and the way that I can allow myself to feel secure in lots of situations and know that the security is in me and um, that even feelings, they're just feelings like they come and go and they're waves I, I like to think of feelings as waves, the ocean because water can't be contained easily um, and it can easily spread um, but it's needed um, but water passes and it gets absorbed and it dries up you know sometimes it's completely gone it's completely dried up and sometimes it's overflowing um, but you need both to be balanced so this is how I view um, emotions now it and it's not even mine it's just like uh, feelings actually now I'm talking about feelings in general but feelings in general even they're just meant to give you an insight of uh, the atmosphere and environment and um, sometimes it's just held on baggage um, and then you realize that this baggage that you're feeling is not even your own um, but processing it is a good idea so I processed it um, and I really took my time and I <laughs> and I was fine with that like I took my time walking through the airport just letting myself be okay and adjust here um, and actually a lot of frustrating things were happening to me when I first came um, the details of it are a bit blurry for me to describe now but just like you know those really annoyances of traveling that happen where you're just like are you are you serious <laughs> and you're just like if I could articulate myself in their language it would be good and then for me it was a bit more triggering because I was like I should be able to articulate myself I am half Vietnamese why can I not and I realized this like criticism that I was giving myself because I'm hard on myself and I was just like just view it as when you go to other, any other country um, the lightheartedness of like I am blessed I am here I am experiencing life you know and it's funny actually um, that when you enter into a new place, it's like you're a baby. You don't know how to act. You don't know how to, like, walk around. You don't know how to dress, maybe. You don't know how to talk, you know. You don't know how to eat. <laughs> Stuff like that. 
Because, okay, if you're a traveler that is, like, from the West and only goes to countries that are like that, then you have no clue at all what I'm talking about. But if you've gone somewhere to, like, Morocco or something and you don't speak a single word of the language, all of their body language is completely different and you're just immersed in it and there's no choice but for you to try and speak French or Arabic, like this is what I'm talking about but you gotta be light with yourself and I like these moments then I realized I like these moments of confusion of staring into a person a taxi driver some random old guy on the street who uh, struck up a conversation with you assuming you speak Vietnamese and then trying to converse with him um, and then maybe communicating in different ways you know and actually I realized um, okay now this certain guy that he was an old guy um, my guess is he would be 50 or 60 um, is my guess um, so I was walking on the streets of Saigon and I don't know how I caught his attention but I sure did in all this bustling big uh, chaos you know um, but he was like speaking to me in Vietnamese and I understood, I think he said something like Viet Q, um, if I remember right, because now this seems so long ago, <laughs> um, which I know that that means like Vietnamese abroad, like, so I think he was asking me like, were you abroad and you're Vietnamese or something, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I was just like, you know, nodding, like, ah, yeah, and then I was like, yeah, my dad is Vietnamese, and, um, and I said that in Vietnamese, okay, not well, but I said it, um, and I was, like, guessing, you know, if I understood him right or not, um, I did, I did, and then he was like, uh, you know, where's your mom from, and then I, I didn't remember how to say, uh, America, I was like, okay, just like staring at him and then I was like oh me okay okay I remembered it I remembered it okay you can do this you can do this and then after that though that's really the extent of what I can say um, because my other knowledge of speaking in Vietnamese is food um, you know so then we progressed on we were talking it turns out he could speak some English thank God because what would we have done then I don't know um, his English wasn't good, no, but I can understand people if they're speaking terrible English. I've been an English teacher, so I've taught young little kids who don't know even how to speak in their own native tongue hardly, so um, you just read people's body language. Um, but we were talking for a long time on the side of the road, and then we ended up getting a coconut together, or maybe it was a coffee, I can't remember. Uh, um, yeah. And my gosh, I mean, he was so friendly. Then he was just telling me, he was like, you know, take it easy, be good on yourself. Like, uh, just be proud, you know, that you're here. Um, and he was like, I'm sure your dad is happy. And just, I mean, I don't know what touched this old man to strike up a conversation with me and have, uh, take the time uh, to converse with me and also the fact that he could speak some English I mean pretty random I would say um, and I can't tell you how much this meant to me this meant a lot to me um, because I was having a bit of a tough time 
um, of, with my mind of feeling insecure of coming and not feeling as if I'm Vietnamese enough. And I don't know, this elderly man, I don't know, midish, I don't know what to call him. Um, basically, he just reassured me, you know, no one's judging you. And in fact, he made me realize that I'd be surprised that even more and more so other people I would meet, they would actually be encouraging as well that I've finally come uh, here to Vietnam. Um, so that conversation was very meaningful to me and it really helped shape um, my mindset then for the next few days. And, you know, I remember it now. I don't remember this man's name, but bless him. I mean, thank you for that. It came at the right time. And actually this type of interaction, it happened um, throughout my entire time while I was in Saigon. I um, would be going through some emotions where I felt triggered and sad and slim pain and like, who am I? Like, what even is my name? What should I even introduce myself as, you know? Um, and when I would be thinking these things, then some random person would come up and have a very nice, meaningful conversation with me and reassuring me that I'm welcome here, it's good I'm here, you know, um, coming to Vietnam, you know, eat the good food, enjoy the life, um, all that stuff. It always came at the right time. This was with taxi drivers. Um, let's see. People in the hostel. Um, the people in the hostel I was staying with, there were a mixture of people. There were Vietnamese people staying there. The people who were Vietnamese that worked there. Um, even some travelers. There was a Malaysian guy. So nice. So, so nice. We had very meaningful conversations about this. Um, and actually this... Uh, guy as well, he helped me process a lot of me transitioning from Thailand to Vietnam. And when he met me, I was very thankful that he wasn't like other people assuming um, my identity or anything. Um, I appreciated that because I don't like it when people try and put me into a box. I know it's a simple question, where are you from, what's your name, you know, but I like it when people don't necessarily need to know that before they start talking to you. Because for me to remember someone's name, I don't understand the point. You know? I really don't. Um, until there's a reason more so to remember their name. Like, I am much of a deeper person in a way that I wouldn't want to just remember someone by a superficial thing such as a name, but rather so, like, have a conversation with them, and then we're talking, and then later I'm like, hey, dude, like, what's your name? Like, we're chatting all about past life stuff. We're chatting all about, um, I don't know, anything. Like, oh, that time that you lived in France, or... The time you, you, like, hitchhiked and then you got arrested by the police and, <laughs> you know, like, I would rather then so, like, get into a conversation with someone and then later be like, okay, hey, what can I remember you from? Like, like, what's your name? I want to put a name to this story. 
oh, this is my name. Cool. And like also, this, um, I mean, I like these types of people. Um, and yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Uh, it turns out this uh, Malaysian guy I met, so he works um, for, I don't know if you would call it international or what, but yeah, he's involved with working with Vietnam in a way, so he had many Vietnamese uh, friends and so went for chatting with them. Um, and the fun thing is I realized he doesn't even know how to speak to most of his coworkers either, but just because he can't speak with them doesn't mean he can't have fun. <laughs> and yeah, I met other really cool people in the hostel as well. And even just like something simple as, um, okay, the when I checked in, so my name is an English name, not an English name, I mean an American name. Um, but actually my roots of my name doesn't make sense to my heritage because my father was adopted by a white woman who has Scottish roots. Um, I'm not a bit of Scottish at all, none. No, no relation. <laughs> um, I don't know what that means. Okay, anyways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when I checked into the hostel, um, I know that they were, like, envisioning some, like, white person, American. Ooh, it started to rain outside. Okay, sorry for that intervention. But, um, so, okay, when the hostel people met me, I could tell that their mind was racing, that they were looking at me puzzled because I was a small person. I have Asian features. And also, I do realize, since I've been living in Thailand for three years, that at times I can speak in a way that doesn't match a certain type of accent. So, and I don't even care. Like, I'm going to keep traveling more and more, and my voice is going to change more and more, and maybe even the language that I have now won't become dominant. That won't matter to me, because I would actually like for that to happen. But they were looking at me. So she was looking at me, and the other staff members were looking at me, just puzzled, and they were like, Xin chào. And I was like, Xin chào. And then they just kept looking at me, and then they were looking at the fact that my name is... Elizabeth Cochran and I have an American passport and then they were just looking at me and I was looking at them and I was like yeah I wonder if they're ever gonna say what they're thinking <laughs> and then they're like are you Vietnamese and I was like yes I am <laughs> and then they asked if I could speak it and then okay well no I can't and then they're like okay okay all right so Oh my gosh, I don't know how we didn't see it. Like, yes, welcome. And I was like, yeah, it's my first time. They're like, oh my God. They were just like shocked. So yeah, um, truthfully though, I appreciated this. Like, it was really fun. Also, like, there was like a whole mix up when I was trying to like get checked into the hostel. It was like, uh, they just weren't there even though that's like the check-in time. So, um, I had my bags, I had my big backpack, and my carry-on backpack, and, um, 
I was like ringing the doorbell, um, but no one was there. And it also happened to be that the people in the hostel like weren't around either that were staying there. So I don't know, kind of weird. And then this um, a very nice uh, family next door, they were like, oh, we can call them for you. And I was like, what? You wouldn't. You're gonna trick me. No, they didn't trick me. They were actually super kind because I was like, what? What? Yeah. Um, definitely, you know, be careful though, like when traveling um, of people. But yeah, they were trustworthy. Um, so yeah, they ended up calling the hostel for me and then they arrived and I checked in, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. And you know what, these types of interactions, it kept happening when I was just first here. <laughs> and people, they kept encouraging me and supporting me. I really felt the support of people. They were really helping me. They were encouraging me to keep going and keep discovering and keep going out there and keep meeting people and learning what it means to be Vietnamese here. Um, and I was like nervous because I was thinking what will people perceive me as as being half Vietnamese and being that person that doesn't know how to speak the language you know and I was pleasantly surprised uh, sure maybe some people they feel a different type of way that I should speak Vietnamese I'm gonna learn but the people I first met when I arrived, they're very encouraging. Um, and the friends that I made in the hostel as well were super nice and encouraging as well. Um, the cleaner lady as well was super <laughs> nice to me. I don't know. She bought me um, some Vietnamese dessert, like a jelly thing. No, I don't think you'd call it a jelly thing. Um, it's like this green, uh, sticky rice coconut thing um I think it's really only in Saigon um because one of my Thai friends who used to work in Saigon said that uh, they would always get it as well um so yeah I got that snack from the cleaning lady at the hostel so I couldn't say that much to her um she didn't speak any English and my Vietnamese sucks as well, so, but, you know, you can feel it, right? She was super kind to me, I don't know why, um, but I'll take it, right? Like, I mean, I'm just, um, I realized once I arrived, you know, I'm just supposed to let the love in and let things happen and let things flow and not judge myself for not uh, understanding, you know, how things work here. How would I, right, I've not grown up here. So, um, just being kind to myself was super important. Um, okay, now, other things. Um, so when I was like walking around, actually it was really easy for me to understand how to walk around the city. Um, I didn't ride, drive a motorbike there. <laughs> There's no way, I don't understand how the traffic works enough here. Like I'm still figuring it out now. Um, now that I've even been here um, almost a month now, like I still don't really understand quite how the traffic works. I would say I'm adjusting well, but I'd say it takes some time. Um, 
but yeah I'm naturally good at understanding my surroundings and like remembering landmarks and stuff on how to walk around um, so that was really fun and it was fun actually wandering around like I was staying in district one Quan uh, and and um, it's a lot of really small alleyways um, I was staying you know yeah basically like around everything so I got to see a lot of the touristy sites they're just there like if you walked around but I didn't really take photos or anything like that I, I mean I wasn't concerned about it and it wasn't even that interesting <laughs> to me I did go to the war museum um, which I was when I went I realized I was like why why would I want to see all these photos right now? Like, am I really trying to overload my emotions? Yeah, apparently you are. Um, I went to that. I tried to go to, there was a, like, an art museum um, pretty nearby as well, but then it poured down rain. Ooh, it poured down rain. Um, so no grab bikes were coming. Uh, obviously, why would you walk in that? Like, the roads became really flooded. So I ended up just getting a coffee and writing some poetry. Boom, there you go, that's life. Um, the coffee is so good. It's addictive. I mean, I already used to be really addicted to coffee and I stopped drinking it when I was in Thailand because I got addicted to boba tea, boba. But, um, so yeah, I mean, I walked by a lot of those like touristy sites, but I wasn't too, um, bothered by them like there was like uh you know cathedral and different statues and there was like the party uh area i forget what it's called maybe uh boy vien walking street i think um yeah i walked through there talked to some people um i'm not a big drinker um so it was obvious that you just go there to get completely wasted um yeah, I had a normal bun mei shop. I went to, I loved her place, I loved her juices, she had coffee, she had it all. She was super popular, she was always extremely, extremely busy. Um, and yeah, she was really nice. And also the shop next door to it that had a gum tam uh, suan was also very good she was very very nice that lady was so sweet she was super super old so she's been running this shop forever and i don't know these types of people i i don't think that they realize maybe some of the customers that they have how much they appreciate their food but i was appreciating their food so much you can tell they've put a lot of love into it and they're very hard-working and like it's just a good feeling of going to a place where you know that they've been around for a long time and they've been doing this you know um, so I appreciated that um, my gosh I if I go to Saigon again which I am sure I will I would like to go to them again in District 1 to eat their food I liked their food um, I really like their food and you know sometimes people can surprise you actually 
Um, you think maybe you're just one of a million of people at this food stall that you go to, but sometimes people can surprise you. They remember you. Um, this has happened to me in Thailand. Because um, I, I don't know, I like to... I don't care like where people come from, their class, their money, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. What matters to me is their kindness and their story. And uh, their grit, maybe, as well. Um, so I really like connecting with people. And somewhere that you eat every day, like, you know, it can put a lot of meaning, like, if you actually stop and reflect. So, yeah, Saigon, man. Saigon was weird. Um, actually, yeah, Saigon was painful, truthfully. But a city is extremely overwhelming and consuming for me to where I feel trapped because all of these buildings and concrete and motorbikes and noise and all of that it is very consuming, yeah, where it feels um, like you're just being consumed by the noise. That's the feelings I get. So, it, yeah, sure, there's a layer of it of... Um, this feeling of pain came from like past but I realized this past isn't really mine but still like being in this city feels very consuming I feel this way in um, Bangkok too a little um, like it's super exciting and like walking around you're like yeah like all this noise all this chaos like Okay, now, okay, back to Vietnam. So, like, even walking and wandering around all these small little alleyways, I was like, ooh, this is so exciting. Like, I feel like I've found my way here. Like, I'm just wandering through these small alleyways. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to my banh mi shop, you know. I'm going to this. Like, I'm enjoying this. I'm having a street-side coffee, talking with these taxi drivers. Oh, my God. Like, some travelers could never, right? But I, this is exactly what I do. And it's so different now. I am now publishing this episode to you, and I am no longer in Saigon. I am in a city called Da Nang, and Da Nang feels so different than Saigon. Um, not going to talk about Da Nang right now, um, because that is another episode. So this was the part two of first impressions of half Viet in Vietnam. And um, I'm trying to think here if there's any other impressions I want to tell you. I would say it's bustling, it's banh mi, it's street side coffees, it's, you know, the noise of motorbikes, it's uh, grab taxi drivers. Um, connecting with you, it's random people in hostels um, sharing moments with you, funny moments, it's uh, cleaning ladies um, being kind, and it's obvious to me that their mentality is a lot different than, I'm comparing it to Da Nang, uh, but going to Saigon 
extremely memorable. I'm not going to forget this. Uh, I'll go to there again. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a much different experience than my first time. Um, if you are familiar at all with angel numbers, when I arrived into the airport of Saigon, I'm not sure how you pronounce that airport at all, but I was seeing all through the airport the angel number of 333 everywhere. I saw it around 50 times because it was a number for something um, like a phone number that you call for something maybe airport support or something or taxi or something um, and I saw it around 50 times and then once I even left the airport and I was in my taxi going to the hostel I saw it on many street signs as well like a sticker posted and 333 has everything to do with like creativity. Um, and as well, I've just discovered from a friend I met here in Da Nang that my life path uh, number is 33, which is related. So to me, <laughs> I know it's deep, but what I see it as is coming to Vietnam it is stepping into my creative passion um, and the universe is here to support me through this journey so just let it be let it ride wait a minute feel it don't think too much just like create it express it so I, my mentality has changed since I've arrived here and I'm glad I feel as if um, I'm seeing things from a new perspective now and while I'm still adjusting of leaving Thailand, which has been actually a bit tough, I would say, um, it's also obvious that I am meant to be here this time. So these uh, interactions with all these people who are very supporting and encouraging, like, welcome to Vietnam, like, welcome that really shaped my time and it has uh, also encouraged me to keep going, keep being brave, um, keep being myself, um, be yourself and you will attract the right people in your life and you will, yeah, just be on the path that you're meant to be on really. So this was definitely now all that I want to say about my first impressions in Vietnam. So if you listened all the way to the end, wow, whoa, thank you. Um, come on. So I am Toila Liz. Thank you. Um, if you want to check out any of my social medias, sure, you can do that if you want. Um, I have Instagram, um, which is Toila underscore Liz I've got a travel type of niche things which you can find me on YouTube Instagram I've got a website blog um, and that's wandering worldwide with Liz I know that's long someone already took 
the shorter options. So here we are. So thanks for listening. Um, And that concludes this episode. Thank you. Thank you.